The following is a 5 for 2 production. Ticket stubs, and this has nothing to do with the. This has nothing to do with the crazy, stupid, fucking conspiracy theory whatsoever. So this is episode seventeen of Ticket Stubs. We have made it this far. Holy crap! We have less than ten left to get to we're now. On, we're now out down. We are in the home stretch, buddy. I, yeah. I, I love your shirt. I see you're anticipating the potential uh, Big Ten season. Hoping for the best, hoping for the best. I don't, I don't give a shit if we only play one game. As long as we get to beat Michigan one more fucking time, that's all I care about. So, that, I mean, that should be the, the the ultimate consolation prize. If there is no football, at least let us play the fucking Michigan game. Yeah, yeah, that's all I ask. So, because uh, you know it's going to be Alabama and Clemson again. Who gives a fuck? You know. Oh God, yeah, but we covered uh, football on the O episode. Yeah, we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get off on a college football rare here tonight. Now, personally, Kevin, I only got two cues. I got Queensrÿche and Quiet Riot. That's I, it. I have both of those plus two more, so I think we can make an episode of it. But, uh, but we can, we can just small talk here. See any good movies? Read any good books lately? Uh, you know what's going on, Todd? How, well, let's what? let's see. Now, all right. Now, I haven't been to a, a movie since the whole Trump virus broke out, but. Uh, when my sister China was virus. right, uh, when uh, when my sister was in town to, for dad's birthday, we watched a movie every night. Nice. So uh, you know the, the dude from uh, from Black Panther, he just died. Okay, right, Chadwick. We watched all of his movies. Okay, all, nice. That's nice. Oh, yeah. all right. We watched Forty Two and him as Jackie Robinson. It was good. I liked it. Uh, watched the Thur- uh, Thurgood Marshall uh, movie, which was great. I love that. And uh, and what was the other? One? Oh, oh, his uh, his version of uh, of uh, of James Brown. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Uh, get on up. Nice. He's a great James Brown. I gotta say, I mean, you know, so gonna it's 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 a shame about the guy passing away and all, but he left behind a, an amazing, uh, you know, uh, lineage of work. Uh, he kind of pulled a he kind of pulled a Neil Peart. He kept it secret, you know, just with him and his family, and then just all of a sudden, hey, he's dead. Come yeah. on, see ya. Bye. Yeah, but, uh, well, I, you know, I respect that. So uh, that, that's speaking of movie. speaking of which, as we record this, yesterday would have been Neil Peart's birthday, so it was his first birthday without him. Aww. So cheers to that. Nine twelve. Here's a little here's a little uh, bit of tidbit information, geeky rush information uh, for uh, people out there. Yeah, have you ever put twenty one twelve? Have you ever put that together? Like, why that number? No. Okay, Neil's birthday is September the twelfth, nine twelve. Put that on a clock. It's nine twelve. Now make that into military time. Twenty one twelve. I never knew that. Wow. On their final album, uh, Clockwork Angels, on the cover of the album, the time is set to nine twelve. So. Interesting. You know, that Neil Peart, always thinking, always, always thinking, like Randy Savage, always thinking. (laughs) 
he was a brilliant man, a uh, brilliant artist, uh, you know, but uh, I, I would like to do a little show and tell. Okay. Uh, right. I, I know we're, we're far past the case here, but I, I did waste of my, some of my hard-earned uh, unemployment money on eBay recently. And, uh, and of course, if you know me, you know I'm a Kiss fan. Normally, we just got the drive-by trucker stuff in the back. But, I mean, I got all the Alice Cooper stuff on this side. You haven't even seen the Kiss shrine on this half of the wall here. So, so I, I still do, from time to time, I'll go out and waste a little extra money on stuff that I just want to have again. Stuff that I had as a kid and just stuff that I, I want to have it back. I, I either ruined it as a child lost it the move you know or just destroyed it like small children do so uh so yeah so so what'd you get what'd you get i'm excited I'm, I'm, what would I'm probably all... cause would probably cost my parents 8.99 in in 1977 cost me about 60 bucks plus but uh i got kiss alive too baby so nice. I had to, that looks like a really good really good copy it's in pretty good shape <laughs> but the reason i bought it besides the fantastic music, uh, was just the goodies that comes in it. Nice. So, you know, that, that, you know, that's what's worth paying for at this point. Each, each record has their own different kind of like little inner sleeve. This was for Kiss Alive 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. it also came with a booklet. Ooh, mm-hmm. booklet. That one. Nice. I've got the booklet. This, this is why I paid $60. This is, you know, this is why. I, Kevin, I think you still have this. Yes, I do. Um, I have that album with both of those goodies that you just showed, but I don't have the third goodie that I'm going to ask you about. Well, um, I we think told, I know we, what you're talking about. We told a story back on the Kiss episode about my childhood friend John Dillon uh, uh, trying to ruin our fifth grade picture uh, with, uh, with some uh, tattoos that... Uh, he uh, got from that album, and there you go, a Kiss Army letter. Nice. The, uh, the official is sticking out, aren't it? Uh-oh. Oh, be careful. Be careful. Don't want to ruin your album live on the air. No, I don't. We may see Todd, uh, you know, have a complete breakdown. Freak out, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the order form that came with it. Beautiful. I believe but, I, bought, I bought the belt buckle. I was going to say, let's look at some of those products there. Look at that necklace. That was probably made of like the cheapest, like tin, you know, possible. Probably turned your skin green. So I got, I got the belt buckle. That was nice. uh, six bucks. Okay. Six bucks for the belt buckle. Still got it. Right on, right on. Yep. Pretty good shape. There's a little, little bit of rust on the back. Okay. But other than that. Now I looked online recently. Two hundred bucks. Two hundred wow. bucks for this little Smart. piece of metal. So they they also had the posters featured there. Mm-hmm. Now I, I ended up buying the ace, and I bought the jean. Didn't okay. buy the Peter Paul. The ace one is the most famous, I think. Uh, you know, I've seen that ace image a lot outside of just that old set of posters. Two fifty a piece for those posters. Probably now go on for fifty bucks plus. Man. But Kevin, what what you were asking about before, <laughs> if I if I have if I have the final the final piece of the puzzle, this is kind of like the stickers in Rock and Roll Over. Uh, now I don't know if you can read that. I can well. cut out tattoo, remove cover, apply tattoo face down, wet backing generously with water, press mm-hmm. down, 
after 20 seconds, gently slide away backing, and you have a kiss tattoo. Look at that. You've got them all. Now, I will, I'll be careful here, but I'll take them. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, John had the, uh, the paw and the uh, gene on his hands, the front of his hands, when he was trying to, uh, <laughs> he was trying to uh, you know, make, uh, make our fifth grade picture exciting. <laughs> so yeah so that yeah, that well worth 60 bucks right there so and i still got i got two more i got two more motorcycle posters coming in the mail they're being held up by usps right now but that's all right okay nice, so, nice. all right so all right enough play time let's let's get to the rock and roll all right so yeah it's not gonna be a long episode folks but um just uh going alphabetically i know this first band uh i'll talk about um back in episode d we established that you kind of saw the doors and in episode L, we established that I kind of saw Led Zeppelin, you know, when you were talking about half the band, basically. Right. Well, uh, I, uh, a couple years back, saw Queen with Adam Lambert. So, now, I am not an American Idol fan whatsoever. I don't think I've ever watched more than, like... I've seen Adam Lambert. I'm <laughs> Queen. So, Heather, but, dude, I mean, the dude, he yeah, rocked he's got a it. voice. Oh, he he owned he owned the part. I'm telling you now. The now the one thing I remember about getting to the show, Todd, and I'm sure this happened to you before. We were so late getting to Cleveland, and you know we we pull by the actual arena where the uh, show's being held, and the line is just outrageous outside, and it's like almost fucking showtime, and I'm just freaking out, you know. Oh my God, you know, I, I'm not going to, but I'm still not going to pay $20 to park in one of these close, you know, garages. So my cheap ass has to drive, you know, a mile from the you know, venue to get a free parking place. You know, Heather and I are basically full sprint. But, but by the time we got there, lines were completely, you know, gone. We were able to just walk up and the show hadn't started yet. <laughs> it was one of those, you know, the concert gods are smiling. We had time, just enough time to take a piss, grab a beer and get to seats that weren't really ours. We, of course, walked in and found seats that we liked. So I'm and, curious, how much did you pay for those tickets? Um, we paid full price. I think they were $90. But I had bought really? – yeah, I had bought – they were upper-level seats. I had bought uh, – I bought the tickets really late, and I had bought one. Literally, I had to buy two singles just to get us each a ticket. And I bought one, like, on the upper level above one side of the stage, and then the other was literally on the other side of the arena. But – you know me, we, didn't matter, yeah. we never even saw those seats. We just walked in and found two seats that were, you know, just kind of straight on on the main level. And it was great. They had a big catwalk. The whole stage looked like a guitar. I saw some of your videos, man. Uh, they, I mean, the show looked amazing. The dude rocked. Heather had the quote of the night, though. And, and she meant this as a compliment. But about four or five songs into the show, and pretty much after the first time that Lambert spoke or talked, she's like, man, uh, he's really got this whole creepy gay thing down <laughs> well you know so i remember him i remember that it was the um the stage was the uh news of the world stage you know the big robot and like the big robot head like came up out of the stage and adam lambert was literally sitting where it came up so he literally rode up on it and he had these like big giant like boots that you know their purpose were weights to hold him on this thing from fucking right. sliding off you know but his his little um like Paul Stanley uh patented um you know stage rap for that point was he got up and said he's like hey guys he gives really good head <laughs> so but dude it was awesome dude freaking I mean 
you know, if you're going to have I mean, somebody. We all knew that Freddie was gay. Uh, that was clear cut without ever having to say a word about it. But, you know, he, uh, he at least kind of kept it ambiguous. For, yeah, for, yeah. for the first couple, for the first couple of years, uh, you know, even even you know, they even lived with a woman for a couple of years. Right, right. Him, back in the seventies, he was uh, back in the seventies. He was pulling the Elton John, trying to uh, you know maybe make people think that he was still straight. But uh, well, anyway, you know, shit, when, when Elton John came out in seventy six, that practically ruined his career. So <laughs> yeah, in the seventies, when when you when you thought that we were kind of being a little more progressive back then and whatnot, no, nah, no, nah, we were the oh. same old. Hill Jack fucking <laughs> cracker, <laughs> gay fashion fucking. God damn American. it! You mean Hill John's gay? <laughs> I ain't, I'm burning his records, damn it! I'm I'm gonna go listen to my Judas Priest records now. now they're the right. real man. <laughs> I'll listen to some real manly music. <laughs> so yeah, but it was a great show, dude. Uh, one of the funniest things uh, I'll tell a little story on one of our mutual friends, and 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 screw him. I'm gonna mention his name because last time I mentioned his name, I told you that the first time he met Heather. He, he started talking about all my ex-girlfriends. So uh, our old friend, Mike Lecky, uh, we, we ended up meeting up with him after the show, him and his wife, and we had after-show drinks. They, they were very lucky, I think, that Heather and I were there because we, we got them back to their hotel safely. Uh, I think they would have probably been mugged or rolled or something, you know. <laughs> they had enjoyed the show and the after uh, hours they, little, they actually went to the show yeah they had gone to the show we didn't get to meet up till after the show because of whatever you know we were texting beforehand and like I said, you heard my story about me being so late so it's like well i'll meet you after the show so there's a little bar district right there by the arena in cleveland there's yeah. like a little alley bar district so yeah we just met up with the place after that and continued the party till like you know well into the night because uh, Heather and I actually had a room in town that night because we were going to see the drive-by truckers the very next day at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame whenever they played there on the outside plaza. Huh. Yeah. So. How did I miss that? Where was I living? Uh, who knows? I think you had that? just moved back. To you, I think you had just moved back to the Villages. So it was probably one where you – it was just a couple years ago. So huh. you were already back. But, uh, it was good. Well, I've looked, up, I've looked up prices for, you know, what the, the last – bit of tours they were charging fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. yeah i'm glad i saw it when i did yep I, I i couldn't yeah i couldn't pay the the prices on that last tour <laughs> and and you know of course now that brian made had a heart attack he you know i mean uh i mean shit some of these old guys probably aren't coming back after covid i mean you know even alice if, will even if they start having shows you know a lot of these guys are yeah yeah all of a sudden you'll notice alice is always six feet away from his band members on stage you know <laughs> <laughs> or they'll, they'll have, I, I call it now, all of his band will have like really cool Alice style masks, you yeah. know, which would actually look pretty fucking cool. Honestly. Either that or they could just drop one of their damn guitar players. They got three of them. <laughs> Fire one of them, you know. Makes keep a little more room. Everyone likes the eye candy. Right, but, yeah, gotta keep Nita. <laughs> you know, Ryan yeah. Roxy, who gives a shit? We're sorry, <laughs> we're sorry, Ryan, but we just need a, we need a little more room on stage. Space, you know? man. <laughs> the, chick, the chick with the big tits, she's staying. <laughs> you know, and we, we've had and poor Chuck, the bass player. That guy's been in that band for 20 years now. He's not going anywhere. Right, right. Oh, isn't he dating uh, Alice's daughter? I, I'm pretty sure Alice's bass Really? Daughter. Yeah, they're in that El Super Bisto uh, band together. So I'm pretty Good sure. for him. Pretty sure that's And here's my about. question. I'm wondering, uh, you know, uh, once Kiss finishes their final, 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 final tour, uh, <laughs> is Eric Singer coming back as a drummer? Uh, you know. Uh, oh, as for Alice, I would. 
But I uh, mean, no, he, he's going to be the leader of the new Kiss. <laughs> the only original uh, member. It's going to be the drummer, just like Lobby's 70s man. I thought that was Gene's son's gig. I, and I he's thought, not I, an original member. I thought Gene was just going to put his son in the outfit, let him go out and make the money for a couple of years. The, the problem with Gene's son is uh, he may look like Gene, but he has no talent. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gene is a good bass player. He's written some good songs. And, you know, he's, he's just a good mouthpiece. He's a mediocre bass player at best. No, he was really good in the early days. I'll, I'll, I'll fight you on that. There's, right. some good, there's some good Beatlesque, you know, uh, counter melody stuff going on in those early albums. Now, the 80s isn't him anyway. It's right. all John Bovar, so you can't blame him for that. So, anyway. So, I'll give you maybe he's what gotten you, lazy. You mean Gene didn't play on all the records either? <laughs> Haven't you seen clips? Jesus, from- Ace didn't play on anything. Peter didn't play. Did, was there anybody that played anything on that fucking band? No, they found who. They, we need someone who is best for the take, you know. It's not about egos. It's the fact, the fact that we can't do it. <laughs> well, I just recently found out that uh, that Bill Coin. Now I knew he was a cokehead, but apparently he was really into like uh, free bass. Oh, right. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I thought I, you were going to say like underage boys, but <laughs> I figured that kind of goes without saying. But you know, uh, anyway. All right, so, so we're uh, talking about the Queen. We're talking about the Queen. We're talking, yes, about, we're the talking about talking about Queen. We uh, that that kind of wraps it up for Queen. I I got to I got to see Queen. I'd, so. I'd love to see him if they if they come back one more time with Adam Lambert. I'd like to see it myself. Dude, the set list was awesome. You know, it's one of those where you say, you know, you look back at the set list. You're, God damn, you know, they open with Hammer to Fall. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on, it was great. So, of course, then again, uh, right now for those of you, we're, this is probably you know at least. 98 of the 100 people who watch. Um, <laughs> yeah, for, the, for those of you who did not get a chance to see Queen, because most of us didn't, uh, I I would I would love if there were more older videos. I, I've seen like an old video no. from Toronto right before they stopped touring in like 80-something other. But, uh, but I mean, after Live Aid, that was, you know, that was pretty much it for them as far as touring goes. Because, I mean, they, they weren't allowed to play America anymore because tax issues or some shit like that right but uh it's just it's kind of, it's kind of a shame that uh you know after live aid they kind of you know they they that was pretty much it you know i think they did like one more european tour maybe after that or something like that but yeah um, not much i mean yeah you're right and yeah they never really toured i think i would have gone to see queen you know if they had toured back you know or been around you know come around somewhere where you know i could have seen them well, there, there were there was two things that really sunk Queen in America. Uh, one was playing Sun City. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that didn't that didn't help matters. Yeah, uh, I don't think people today realize what a big deal that was because you know probably most freaking people alive today don't even remember South Africa being apartheid. You know, don't even remember that. But yeah, right. that was a big big deal. And the second thing was. Dressing in drag in a video. Woo! Not, not popular in America on MTV. It's- yeah. <laughs> Dude. 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 Uh, you know, and again, it just kind of goes to show, uh, you know, how little we've actually progressed here as a nation. Uh, we, we, we. It wasn't that long ago. That's you're right. That right. wasn't that wasn't all that long ago. But uh, you know, Todd. Uh, Three of the four bands that we're talking about tonight, and of course you've seen, uh, you've only seen the two of them, and we're going to talk about one you've seen next. But three have the word Queen 
in their name. So right. I guess it's a popular name if you're going to so you go Q-U. I'm, I'm, uh, assuming like, the, I'm assuming that last one that I haven't seen, it's got to be Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, I mean, I have any major stories about them, but, uh, you know, I have seen them a few times. And you know I'm a that, huge. Who's in that band? It's the guitar, it's Josh Homme, and he was the originally in Caius, which you know is one of my favorite bands. We talked about yeah. him in the K episodes. So it, it's one of those situations where he's much bigger, you know, with his – band that he had after the old cult band but now you know people are like oh you know could he possibly get the old band back together you know he's kind of talked about it in a few uh you know in a few uh interviews Kai's. lately he's kind of tease it yeah getting Caius back together exactly but uh queens of the stone age like the first time i saw them literally i think me and a group of you know like doug saxton and big john and you know that crew i think we all drove down to cincinnati to see him you know shortly after Caius split up and there's maybe like eight, 18 people in the whole place in Bogarts. So it's crazy. I mean, everyone in the place was able to stand along the front row. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah this venture's not going to last. And, and now he's like one of the biggest, you know, a testament to persistence. He's out there, one of the, you know, kind of one of the biggest, you know, modern rock bands out there. And hell, the guy gets to be in a band with Dave Grohl and, and uh, John Paul Jones. So, uh, you know, that's, you can't beat that, you know. For just that's that them crooked vultures, right? Yep, exactly. And they've kind of been teasing. They've all been teasing that that might be coming back as well. Or there's, you know, like Dave Grohl. Did you see the little drummer, the little girl drummer who issued a challenge to Dave Grohl? No. Uh, yeah, this this little girl named Nandy Bushell. She's from Britain. Little, little girl. She's cute as, cute as a button. But she does post all these drum car- covers. I think she's like 10 years old. Well, she posted her doing Everlong, and she actually challenged it out to Dave Grohl to, you know, post him doing the same song, and she said she would love to jam with the Foo Fighters, you know, someday. So Grohl, he, he uh, you know, records something back for her, and he did it on his daughter's kit, first of all, so he's on a little girl's kit as well. Right. And he, he told her, uh, well, you know, Nandy, uh, you did a great job on that. I haven't actually played this song, you know, since I, the day I recorded it, you know, because Taylor Hawkins has always done the stuff live. And, of course, you know, he plays it perfect. But then the song that he chose to challenge back to her, to, to up the challenge, mm-hmm. is a Them Crooked Vultures song. At the same time, all of their social media, you know, all of a sudden, you know, started firing up again. And Josh Homme was posting stuff. And uh, and uh, John Paul Jones was kind of hitting at it, too. So we'll see, you know. Another one of those old guys. We'll see if he can get back. I mean, there's only three guys in the band, so I'm sure they can stand six feet away from him on stage if they right. if they go toward you. I had a chance to see them once, but it coincided with one like one of my out west road trips, so I had to miss my chance to see uh, John Paul Jones. But what I would, so anyway, so that kind of boom checks them off the list, right? And now we can move into some uh, the two bands that we've both seen that we can both talk about. All right. And, so uh, let's, start with let's keep on the, the queen motif here. exactly i thought i thought uh the other yeah i thought uh the other band should finish things off because i've got a couple good pictures to show for, for our headline band but uh, so now let me ask you do you have the when well, i had it on cassette but you probably had it on vinyl the original ep for this band yes i do yes i do i could you know reach right back there and get it but i you know bought it at rink's department store which we've mentioned a few times on here i first I first discovered Queensryche on MTV for the video for Queen of the Reich, and I thought it was a new Iron Maiden song. I was in exactly what I thought. I was in the other room, and I heard singing. I was like, oh, wow. There's, I had only seen, like, you know, Number of the Beast and, you know, like, Red to the Hills. I was like, 
cool, there's new Maiden. And I wrote in her, it's this new band, Queensryche. And then the thing about that video, you know, it was like, if you remember, it was like a Dungeons and Dragons video. It's just them like going through these like, you know, it's real cheesy, you know, 80s metal. But the end said, to be continued. And it never was. <laughs> so they, they got more serious. <laughs> no, no, we're not going <laughs> to. Yeah, we're not going to follow up on that bullshit. <laughs> All right. You know, Todd, the uh, the last show that I saw before lockdown, before all this shit started, yeah. uh, literally the night before, Ohio's gathering restrictions got lowered to 100. And then a few days later, they pushed it all the way down to 10. But the night before, when it was still 500 was acceptable, I went to see uh, Jeff Tate from Queensryche. Uh, play at Scully's and he played two of their albums in full. He played um, uh, Rage for Order and um, Empire. Wow. So I don't know if I can say that like if I never see another show, you know, that was a good one to go out on. But it, it was a pretty, you know, it was pretty cool. I mean, Rage right. for both of those albums are about like fear and, and government control and like worldwide, you know, turmoil. So I guess, you know, it's going on. Kind of appropriate. Nah, I don't think any of that. But you know, but, uh, like well, I said, so- this episode has nothing to do with that stupid fucking conspiracies theory. I think we could probably both agree on this one, Todd. Good. Bunch of fucking idiots. Anyway, so uh, now I like you. Now I didn't see the video first. I heard on WTPA in Harrisburg, like one of those, you know, played it about eleven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and I heard the voice. I'm like, dude, new maiden, sweet, yeah. you know, I'm just like it. He did. He sounded yeah. just like uh, Bruce Dickinson. Absolutely, of absolutely. Now, did you see them back in the day, like when they toured with Kiss or any of the early tours? The only tours? time I ever saw them was with Metallica okay. on the uh, on the Ju- Damage Justice tour. Right, right. So we did talk about it on the M episode. I saw them like I, I saw that tour. That, that I, was the Operation Mindcrime tour, wasn't it? For them, yes, it was. But but because they were an opening act, they didn't have time to do the whole album in its entirety. Now, on the next tour, when they actually were able to headline, they did. That's cool. when they performed the entire Operation Mindcrime, which was really cool. I don't know if I, I don't think I saw that. Well, here, I think I've only seen him once. Okay. Sure. Well, I saw him like four times on that tour. Well, I saw him three times, and then we talked about the fourth time that I would have seen them at Hair Arena, but uh, I ended up partying on the Malaya Rage bus beforehand it's like ah i've seen queens like three times already <laughs> we're gonna hang out with these guys uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but um no the cool story about uh, i had a good story about the empire tour the night before they played columbus on that tour uh we're at uh, i don't know if you remember maxwell's or nukes atomic club i think it was probably yeah. nukes atomic club at the time so it was kind of like the heavy metal bar at the time across the street from another great establishment me mr mustards and um Michael Wilton, the guitar player, who's one of the two original band members still in the band today, he was in there partying. And also, their opening act on that tour was Suicidal Tendencies. So Suicidal Tendencies guitar player Mike Clark and their bass player, a guy named Robert Trujillo, who's in a much more famous band today. Band, he got a million-dollar signing bonus just for fucking joining. But a, a band, he got a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame trophy when he had never recorded an album with but uh, anyway so yeah so so that night i met michael wilton robert trujillo and mike clark uh trujillo and clark actually ended up crashing uh at do you remember a friend of ours named barb uh i uh i don't really want to out her last name but uh redhead barb uh, hung around with like me and lisa and that whole gang anyway you know the the, the, the rock and roll chicks you know so anyway they crashed at her place you know for the show 
But what was really funny about Wilton, okay, he had this big bodyguard with him, number one, and we soon learned why. Apparently, Mike liked drinky drinky. He was trash, Todd. I mean, the next night of the show, I really don't know how the guy I saw the night before was able to play like this two-hour technical perfect show, which it was. But the night before, he was just blitzed out of his ass, just basically just blotto in a booth and just bring me more drinks, you know. And people were kind of coming over, you know, oh, will you sign our ticket and stuff? Well, uh, my friend Ed at the time, he went over and he handed Michael his ticket to sign because he just happened to have his ticket for the show the next night in his wallet, you know. He was carrying it around in there. Michael Wilt looked at it, he's like, Take a hit of acid before the show. What'd he say? <laughs> Take a hit of acid before the show. <laughs> and, and it was this very, you know, technical, very light intensive. And then they had a whole animation on the screens element uh, for uh, the, uh, you know, for the actual uh, uh, Maybe I did Operation Mindcrime. Well, I, I, gotta, I gotta go through my concert list again now. But uh, yeah, so now we weren't able to take Michael's advice fully. But we were able to participate in some, uh, you know, some, uh, some fungus out of the ground uh, the next night of the show. And uh, I understood why he... Columbus uh, well, is known as a cow town. Uh, <laughs> right, know. right, right, right. And, and you think, at the time, you would think Queensryche and, and Suicidal Tendencies was a bit of an odd bill. And it was. Suicidal Tendencies is quite a bit more hardcore, you know, than, than Queensryche. But for that buzz... It was perfect because you had the intense That's all fired up. The speed buzz that kind of comes on first. Ah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And Mike Mir and Mike Mir, uh, he tells these little funky stories on stage between uh, you know, songs, all while sounding like Randy Macho Man Savage. Well, you know, uh, and and it just at the time you're always like, Yeah, he's Taylor in this this story just for the trippers in the audience you know so and then of course then when Queensryche comes on they play about 20 minutes to half hour of other material and then they go into the full hour of the Operation Mindcrime and it's just like ah kick back and you know watch the whole ride yep yep I I remember Jet City Woman uh which is a love song I remember it uh pulling tears out of me later in the show it's not part of operation Mindcrime. it would have been like one of the encore songs at the time afterwards but because they had all this rain imagery in the videos that they were playing and of course it's a love song so between the falling rain and the, the emotions of the song i love everybody <laughs> anyway i'm just tripping <laughs> and then uh years later we saw Queensryche when they were kind of on the down uh at the Newport you know it's, it's a good gig for some bands a bad gig for others depending on where they're at in their career but uh, right. one, one of Heather and I's uh, early shows we saw together uh as we you can have any artists played the Newport on their way up and played it again on their way down yeah yeah exactly so yeah that's what what's the old saying be careful who you meet on the way up because you're gonna probably run into them on the way, way down as well so so that's kind of my Queensryche uh, history. We already covered Jeff Tate before lockdown. So, uh, yeah. And you just saw him the one time. I just saw, so. I'm pretty sure I'll have to check my list again. I, I think I only did. I, I, you know, maybe I saw him on the Minecraft tour at Ohio center, but I, again, you know, if I did, I was probably drinking heavy. Okay. So, all right, Todd, well, you know, we've managed to go 30 minutes now. So, uh, we've got just enough time for our uh, headline act here. And, uh, you know, Hey, well, let's take a smoke break then. <laughs> I think we should just wrap it up and we'll have a nice streamlined show, you know. All right, all right. We'll, all right, keep, I'll hold 
So I want to show these two pictures here. I I never saw uh, Quiet Riot, which is who we're going to talk about. Uh, you never, never saw them? Never saw them back in the day. I did see ah. them. I did see them. I didn't see them back in the, you know, in the 80s when they were big. But I had a pretty cool shirt that I that I fringed myself. <laughs> there was me at 16 years old pretending to be caught smoking a joint. I don't even think that's real. Okay. Um, and then here's... Here, uh, there you go. You can see the shirt a little bit better. It has the quiet right metal guy on there, and I, I didn't drink all those those that alcohol either. You know, it's just props, purely props. I wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage underage drinking thirty years ago or anything. But so, but man, quiet right were huge in like what eighty three, summer of eighty three, man. And, and man. I, I gotta tell you, they really did. I mean, you know, between Ozzy, Maiden, and Priest. Because they all kind of hit right around that 82, 83 era. Quiet Riot was the biggest one out uh, at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, for and a minute. Then, you know, and, and then soon after, you had Rat and Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then just came the deluge of other shitty, you know, L.A. bands. Have you ever um, seen the Twisted Sister documentary, We Are Twisted Sister? It's the one about them before, uh, leading up to them getting signed. Well, I've seen a good documentary. Okay, uh, um, in it, Kevin Dubrow, the reason I'm asking is Kevin Dubrow is in it as one of the talking heads, and he he's pretty much right. He said Quiet Riot and Twisted Sister pretty much have parallel careers, you know, East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. Ten years of just nothing in the clubs, you know, nothing nationally, but hacking in, you know, like Quiet Riot were freaking selling out the whiskey uh, you know, uh, Twisted Sister were selling out Lamore, you know, long before either one of them really, you know, were big on a national or worldwide level. But anyway, it all kind of, it's all pretty parallel. They both got signed right around the same time and really got big, you know, had their big hits, you know, right around the same time. Mm-hmm. So. Thanks to but, MTV and mm-hmm. videos. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. So uh, now, of course, uh, we lost Frankie Benali recently. Yeah, uh, he, was, he was the last one, wasn't he? I mean, last, last original member, and even he isn't really an original member. He's not on those first two albums with Randy, the ones that were in Japan, the two albums with Randy Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, so, but they've announced they're going to continue on. So now I got a question for you. Now those, those records with <laughs> Randy Rhodes were they available to us back in maybe two eighty three? No, not unless we got them as imports. They've still never been officially released in the United States. I don't know. Some minor label may have like I. I think I saw them available both on one CD, you know, on some kind of deal or whatever. Well, I have. I, mean, I have them. I yeah, mean, I do too. I have uh, you know copies now, but no, they were not available back was then. Quiet Riot two, and what was the other one? Quiet Riot and Quiet Riot two. I mean, they're. I mean, they're, and they were both pieces of shit. Let's face it. Uh, it's, <laughs> That's I mean, why then they had. So it's like QR3 when they released it, it worked on two levels because it was the third, like if you considered Metal Health the first album, right. it was the third record. And it was also the third record named Quiet Riot. So, right. Oh, they were sneaky. <laughs> then they had a second album called Quiet Riot, which was, uh, <laughs> that's when Dubrow was out of the band. They had the other guy, up, uh, Paul Shortino, the dude from Rough Cut. So now did you see him with Dubrow when he was still alive or no? About seven months before he died at the Ohio State Fair. Um, Pardon? Yes, with Slaughter. 
Yep, yep, yep. I was there. I was with Erica for some okay. reason. Okay. Yeah, it was great. Um, I remember Mark Slaughter walking doing walking through the entire crowd, you know. Dude, I got a I got a picture of Mark Mark Slaughter like standing right next to me. I nice. mean, uh, um yeah, I think weren't you down on the floor? I was yeah. kind of, we were up in the stands kind of looking and I think you were down uh you know Yeah, we were on the floor, like right hand side kind of you know. a lot closer to the stage. Um, what I really liked uh, people uh, that have a bit of the Ohio State Fair uh, don't maybe not know this or maybe maybe some of you out there have been to venues that have a sign language interpreter. So I thought it was very fun to watch the sign language interpreter interpret the line from Quiet Riot. I want to kiss the lips, not the ones on your face. And she did it exactly how you would think. She's like, I want to, not the one. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then later on, I don't know the song, but I remember the lyric. It was one of their newer songs. Now you, you wonder though, do they have to practice that? I mean, I know that's a record a couple times. Before. I mean, that's crazy. At the age group that the sign language interpreter was, she probably was into a little choir riot back, you know, whenever she was, uh, you know, back then. But, I, uh, I remember being an eighth grader listening to that record and uh, and saying to my eighth grade English teacher, Mrs. Long, "Do you get it?" <laughs> yeah, I get it, Todd. Move along. Let's go. And another good line, uh, like I had said, there is one of their newer songs. I don't know the name of the song, but I remember the, the lyric because, again, it was funny to look at her and watch her interpret it. But it said it was something about a hooker, and it said something with she had long, saggy breasts. So literally, the sign language interpreter was like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I've always wondered who are the audience that are going to the shows that need sign language interpretation for the lyrics. Uh, is it is it true that there are? I want to be quiet. I let you right into that inappropriateness. That's my fault. <laughs> hey, look! If Trump can mock the handicapped, I can make fun of the deaf. All right. So, uh, and another cool thing I think about that show. It's not like they're gonna hear me. <laughs> it. Another cool thing that I got to give him credit for, because you know DeBro had a his, you know, a reputation of being an asshole. I mean, he pretty much sunk quite right its career back in the day with his mouth, yeah. <laughs> you know, putting down other bands in in interviews and stuff. But by that time, you know, the guy was humble, and uh, you know, of course, he was dead seven months later. But uh, they sat for two hours after the show and signed every piece of merch for anybody that bought something and was willing to stand in the line. I wasn't going to stand in a line because, I mean, it literally backed clear around the Celeste Center on the inside. But right. I thought it was a cool move. So, and he, and he had said, you know, we're not going anywhere. You know, we'll find everything. So, anyway. I wonder why we did. I, I don't know. I, I probably needed a corn dog or something. Or something. <laughs> right, right. Or you probably back. You, you, you probably boogied like when they played, like, uh, you know, come up, feel the noise at the very end or something like that. Ah, I heard this one. I'm out here. You know, I'm going to beat the crowd out or something. <laughs> no, no, no I, I, I'm, I'm sure I stuck around for that. I, yeah. But I, again, Quiet Riot was one of those bands that was very, very influential to me in my early metal years. And because, you know, they, they were a great, you know, kind of a great in-between from like the heavy shit of like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the more, you know, poppy stuff and, you know, or, you know, lighter rock, you know. Bon Jovi, say, or something like that, you know. Uh, yep, I get And and Jabral uh, so, definitely wasn't wasn't a pretty boy, so they couldn't, you know, you, you, you couldn't slag him off as like a glam or pretty boy band. Uh, yeah, I recently, 
I recently watched the, uh, like the, whatever the video presentation for the 83 Us Festival is, you know, that you can find online. And the, the Choir Riot parts, it's pretty damn good, honestly, well, you know. I mean, I mean if, you, if you notice how, I mean, I got a red nose. His nose was just out there. I mean, you know, as, as, they, as they used to like to say, you know, we don't like cocaine. We just like the way it smells. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. But, uh well, um, rest in peace, Kevin Dubrow. Rest in peace, uh, Frankie. Frankie Benally. Rest in peace, Randy Rhodes. I'm sure there's probably been some quiet riot reunions going on. Uh, Thank God there. we still got Rudy Sarzo. Yeah. <laughs> now, was Rudy in the original band or no? No, not in the original band. Uh, and actually, he doesn't play all the songs on Metal Health. He doesn't play on the song Metal Health itself, Bang Your no. Head. If you look, uh, there's two songs are played by Chuck Wright who is in the band now. So he's kind of like now that Skinner, like Skinner has like Ricky Medlock, who's like a tenuous link to an original member. Right. Even though they like do Ricky have Medlock played drums for like two weeks with yeah, Skinner. Yeah, exactly. And sang White Dove, you know, on a, on a outtakes yeah. record. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, what was I talking about? <laughs> Why right. Quiet Riot, I know, but what specific part of Quiet Riot are they talking about just now? Oh, I oh, oh, Chuck Wright, Chuck Wright, that's it. Gosh, <laughs> oh, boy, big brain part there. So Chuck Wright, there's, in the Quiet Riot documentary, have you seen that, the movie about Frankie Benelli keeping the band going after Kevin dies? The first half yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. And then they hired, like, just some jackass who thought... Yeah, yeah, like, a, he was like a voice singer or an American Idol, like a, one of the guys who didn't, you know, make it. And they've had, like, four or five singers since him. But... The best part of that movie, dude, is they're signing, they're at a, like, some kind of a festival, and they're signing stuff, and this kid comes up, and he's got his Metal Health CD, and he gets Frankie's signature, and he starts to move on, and uh, Chuck's like, hey, uh, want me to sign that? And Chuck plays on the main track, you know, Metal Health, and the, and the guy's like, oh, oh, no, I'm sorry, you're not on it. And Chuck's like, oh, yeah, I am. He goes, I actually play on the song Metal Health, and, and I, Breathless, I think, one of the other, whichever other song. And he's like, here, I'll show you. And he, he takes the kids the booklet and he looks and it's a reissue and it doesn't have all the credits. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm, man, this is a reissue. It doesn't have the credits, but but I'm on it, you know. And the kids like, I'm sorry, man. I just yeah, you're, whatever. You're not on it. And, and it's, it, as the kid walks off, Chuck's like, learn your history, man. <laughs> he's so offended that he didn't get the sign. Meanwhile, there's other fans that be like, I don't care if you played on the album or not. What's your uh, the 10th drummer here? Sign my uh, original, you know. The people that want Eric Singer to sign their copy of, like, Destroyer, you know. Right. <laughs> well, you know. I got all four Kiss members, uh, you know, signature on my Creatures of the Night. Wait a minute. This is Eric Singer. Fucking, this uh, the first killing. <laughs> so, Todd, we actually made an episode out of Q. Can you believe it? Ah, well, I'm not surprised, but uh, again, uh, I, I think I'm just excited to be on the downward slope here. So uh, You're a little motivated now. That, uh, look, I, I do eventually want to get back to actually putting some what the hell was that back on the air. We had a lot of shit going on that I haven't discussed in the last five or three, you know, four weeks, six weeks, whatever. I'm, keep, I'm keeping you away from all that controversial stuff. I keep right. focused well, on the rock and roll. but Trying uh, to, try to, try to keep me on Facebook. Well, you know, my favorite episode of the uh, first season of What the Hell is That was the one where we just talked about rock and roll anyway, so. Well, that's, you know, not to be expected. So, yeah. It was kind of like the pilot for this show, really, honestly, you know, when you look back at it. It was pretty much this setup, man, you just yakking about bands. So, what do we got next week? Folks. What do we got next week? I know we got a good Ramon story. 
Oh yeah, I'm I, I'm really hoping we can get a hold of uh, Mark Munch Bishop from QFM ninety six. I don't. That would be great. I would have to I would have to uh, get on Facebook since I'm blocked right now. I can't really do that. So if you can find him on Facebook, leave him a message. Uh, tell him, hey, you know, Slick from QFM wants him on my podcast. So I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. But if you can make that work, that'd be great. So uh, got, uh, uh, well, there's a lot of R's. I'm sure. Uh, got rat. I, I got some good. Oh, I ever saw a rat. Oh, well, I've got good stories about Rat because I don't want to spoil them right now, but every time I saw Rat back in the day, their opening act is now a much bigger band. So we'll just, right. we'll just put it that way. Um, uh, I've talked about Raven at Satan's Den. Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine. Yep, saw them at a Lollapalooza. Uh, REO Speedwagon, who I have oh, seen yeah. them together. I was, your date for, I was your date for an REO Speedwagon show once. We'll, we'll, tell, that, we'll tell that story. Uh, the intern the, keeps her job. The Rolling Stones at uh, Ohio Stadium. Yeah, uh, with yeah. Kid Rock. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and of course, uh, being as yesterday was his birthday, a professor, I'm missing him greatly. But we can talk about Rush just for half an hour, dude. Look, here's here's my notes. I'll try to show you. Here's my notes just for Rush. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we got some Rush stories. Uh, I was just uh, yesterday. Uh, speaking of Rush, we'll throw this out there as a little teaser for next week, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, I I met with our old friend Jim Brown, who uh, who we uh, um, actually went to see Rush with in Dayton. And if you remember on the ride, there was a, a burning car. Yes, exactly. So uh, I thought I was just really high. No, that car was on no, fire. That, that car was on fire, and there may or may not have been a person inside. So. <laughs> It was also, wasn't it, wasn't it like, uh, wasn't it like graduation weekend at, at yep. Dayton? Yep, we spent the night, be- we went down the night before the show. Dude, and then we fuckers party hard. I thought party. we hard Jesus Christ. We partied hard, and then we partied hard the whole next day leading up to Rush. So it was, it was pretty crazy. So yeah, those, those Catholics, uh, Catholic schools, man. <laughs> they know party. Uh, anyway, so, uh. In the meantime, uh, audio for this show will be available tomorrow on iTunes and Google Play and all that good stuff. Uh, there are some old episodes of What the Hell is That uh, here on YouTube. Go watch those. Get caught up because Todd's going to be coming back with some soon. Hopefully. And uh, I think we've got a presidential campaign to run as well. <laughs> all right, in, the, Donald. <laughs> in the meantime, I am Kevin, and that is Todd over there. And this is... Take it, Stubbs! Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I still got theory attraction.